Welcome back, Coin Street Connection. I'm Brandon Shanahan here with Tyler Sprinkle and Brooke Byrne. Another uh, winner's edition of the podcast. I, I certainly could get used to this. The vibes are high. Another, another good win against uh, Louisiana Tech. Two and two. Is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're back. We are all the way back, baby. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just two weeks it went from it's all over to, to we're back. Never in doubt. Yeah, Brooke and I went to the game this weekend. Um, it was a definitely a fun experience, but not like we're used to. At least I don't think. Like it wasn't as uh, super hyped as it normally is. Um, just because it was kind of a snooze fest in the first quarter. Um, but Brett, uh, Brooke kept saying, "Like, when's the last time we saw a 500 Nebraska team?" And here we are, baby. We're back. <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah. Not, not that I think about it. Like, when has the last time? When? Yeah, it's been a while, but like back to the it not being as rocking in Memorial Stadium. It's I think just right now with the roster we have, it's just not exciting football. Like, there's not. Well, Louisiana Tech, there was a few explosive plays, but generally we're not an explosive team. We don't throw the ball downfield a ton. We don't, we don't get create, turnovers. Yeah, we don't create turnovers on defense. It's yeah, it's a tough vibe right now for Nebraska. The fans want something to believe in. I think if we win a game that we probably shouldn't or win a big one, I think the vibes would definitely be all the way back. But right now it's just we're trying to stay afloat, it feels like. And I also yeah. think going into Michigan, that game is going to be crazy. And yeah. we'll also – well, I'll be at that game. So I'll have oh, to report back. Oh man, you lucky dog! That that should be that should be electric. E- even if it's just for like the first ten minutes, just that little like, yeah. what if we do it? Hope. And yeah, I, I guess Louisiana Tech's probably not the, the most exciting opponent, but like, isn't that what we've been kind of asking for? Is like a tough physical football team who runs the ball down your throat a hundred times. I mean, we wanted that, yes, but. In today's day and age in college football, like you need to be able to throw the ball in some capacity. And after last Saturday, just I don't know if we have a quarterback who can push the ball down the field. And it's tough to watch. I'll say that. Yeah. And having the the grinding offense, you know, wearing down the defense um, is one thing. But the absolute inability to do anything other than that is alarming, and um, it's good right now. But I think people are smart enough to see, like, uh, maybe this isn't very uh, a very good strategy to continue winning throughout the season. So I think that's kind of where you lose some people. Um, but I do think we have a quarterback that can do that, and his name is Jeff Sims. Um, unfortunately, when he did come into the game. They booed him, and I was oh, real sad. No. I was real sad about that. And then, of course, it was just a busted play that he was in for. Uh, it was either he didn't know the play or Anthony Grant didn't know the play. It was, yeah, very disappointing for Nebraska fans. Yeah, it's actually really shitty. I, I hate that a yeah. lot. Nebraska fans, they will love you to the nth degree when you're winning, but on the flip side, when you're not winning, like they they will let you know about it. So I hate it. Me and Tyler hate it. We were sitting around some people that were unbearable to be around. And 
if you've been to a Nebraska game, you've sat by those people. You know what it is. Creatures. But <laughs> it's just I, I have no words. We're as a fan base, we are what's the right word? Tough to watch. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely not don't know who you're talking about. But let me ask you this then. Would you and I don't know if either of you were at this game last year, but would you have rather been at at Louisiana Tech game, uh, uh, you know, afternoon game, grinding, Nebraska pulls out a win, or the Georgia Southern game last year? It's prime time. It's a night game. It's a shootout, but then Nebraska loses to Georgia Southern. I mean, winning is certainly um, better. That's what we're doing here, right? That's what we're that's what we're here for. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not here to complain about anything. Uh, it's just, I think I it's more so for like me and Tyler when we were there. Like, obviously, yeah, you want to be there for the wins, but we see the problems coming when we face better teams. It's like the stuff we're not we going to be able to run again. That, yeah, run exactly. Like that against Michigan's Michigan. not going to let us run the ball for 200 yards on them. We're not going to, you know, hold them to. 200 yards of offense they're gonna move the ball on us it's it's kind of like the colorado thing like we see the problems coming and like we have to adjust for that and i don't know if those adjustments are going to be made i will say though i think the team is getting better week over week Uh, maybe it's not huge improvements every week but i do think that they are getting better every day yeah it certainly helps when, when the teams that you play get suckier and suckier week by week but you're absolutely right. I, and, and that's kind of my big takeaway from this whole, uh, you know, Henrik Harburg era is just that he looks he looks comfortable. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He looks like he's not thinking. He just he, he's just going there. There's even a play I saw Damon Benning break down on Twitter where it was like, oh, it was a long touchdown run. Where it was a speed option. The, uh, the corner collapsed in on him. He should have pitched it out. But his instincts took over. He makes that guy miss. And then he dart, darts for 70 yards. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's the, the, the big difference right now, that when he's comfortable, it seems like everyone else around him is kind of, you know, getting into a rhythm here. And, yeah, it's Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech, but I certainly haven't seen that, you know, in the, the previous quarterback regime. I think that's quite the spin zone. Um, not to take anything away from Harburg. He has played well um, in the things that he's good at and pretty poorly in the things that he's not good at. Um, such as throwing the ball. Like if I have to watch him, you know, pat the ball four times before he throws the ball again, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, but yeah, he's he's a very very good runner. I was surprised to see him run the ball like that. Um, I mean, you'd like to see him pitch it at least every once in a while to maybe save his legs and so he can avoid uh, injury sometimes. But. Um, some of the like some of the things he does he does well and some of the things he doesn't do well is very poor. Well, let me ask you this: Would you rather watch a quarterback sit in the pocket, pat the ball four times, or would you rather watch a quarterback uh, not pat the ball and then toss it right into the numbers of the defense? Give well, me Jeff Sims here's every day. the thing: We're comparing apples to oranges right now, where Jet or Jeff Sims played Minnesota and Colorado, and Heinrich Harburg played Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. If we start Heinrich against Michigan, like he's gonna get exposed for what he is. Like me and Tyler were sitting there at the game and at the end of the first half when he's trying to, you know, move the ball down the field, he has two guys on the outside with one on one coverage and he choose 
to dump it down to the running back who absolutely gets blown up. He's not a great decision maker when you see him in person. And like what Damon Benning was saying, breaking it down, like, yeah, his instincts took over and he made something out of nothing. But if you make the wrong reads like that against Michigan and better teams, like the problems are going to come to roost. You know, he got away with it since LA tech. Yeah, you're right. And I, I, my big takeaway is a, a couple of things. One, the brightest timeline for Nebraska is Jeff Sim plays, and he plays up to his potential. His you know, ceiling's way higher than, than Harburg, and I think that's really clear with how much the coaching staff still is adamant that Jeff's mostly the guy if he's healthy. Um, and I also think that you know, while I am very impressed with, with how Harburg came in and he was comfortable and, and, and he, made a lot of, he made a lot of the right plays, um, maybe not the flashy plays, but, you know, played safe football, which is all that we were asking for from him. But I, there wasn't anything that I saw from him that I don't think that Jeff Sims could do. I, I think that yeah. every, especially with the run game and the speed options. I don't know yeah. if we saw Jeff run one of those. No, and I, I think he had, you know, average carries per game Henrik Harburg's probably doubling him up so I yeah. I hope that you know when Jeff does come back he you know we get him more involved in the run game and you know take some some of the burden off his shoulders but you know it but if I were to, to sell Harburg starting on Saturday which I will we'll get into here it, it would just be that for the first time this season the offenses looked comfortable and in rhythm and I could see a situation where you wouldn't want to necessarily break that up right away I think because the last two games there have been the number is lower. I think what Harburg has done, there's there's been some broken plays with him. But what he does is he grabs the ball and he just takes off with his feet. And it like it doesn't look as bad because he gains one or two yards and you know they're like, all right, we'll reset. So I think the mistakes are still there. Just to this point, he's done a better job of, you know managing the mistakes better than sims but you you could also argue it's the talent you're playing against but what i thought was interesting like getting into who's going to start against michigan was now the narrative of harburg didn't finish the game against louisiana tech because of injury i feel like maybe rule setting that up for a sims comeback him harburg not being healthy enough to play I did I mean, not hear that. Yeah, I I guess I didn't really pay attention to the end, and I kind of would have figured that it would have just been Purdy because, I don't know. Or by no, the rain much. delay, yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. It was just because it was quite a long delay. I think it was 45 minutes or so. So it's kind of like baseball, like you don't want to send your pitcher back out there after you know, a rain no, delay. No, but he said in his presser today that he was hurt. Did he? Okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see that. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, so. he's run the ball 40 times, and he runs yeah. like, a, like a truck with – with his brakes cut off. That's what I'm saying. It's like that kid loves running the ball so much. Maybe you put him, line him up at fullback or I don't know. Well, I mean, that's probably why they had him line up as a, as a wide receiver in, in that Minnesota game, which is like, just get him the ball and he'll run somebody over. I mean, maybe. I will say this. He is one hell of an athlete. It seems I'm very you impressed. Watch him run around. He like he's, he is way taller in person. Um, <laughs> Because, like, you see 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and you're like, okay. Like, you don't know very many people that tall, so you can't really. Yeah, whatever. You know, he's, what, point, yeah, average point really guard in the NBA, whatever. So, it's it's very 
it's a lot different seeing that in person. Um, but very athletic. I'm happy with what he's done so far. But playing against a team like Michigan, I think your best chance you have is to go with the high risk, high reward guy in Jeff Sims because he has that huge playmaking ability. And he's played in similar-ish type games as these before at Georgia Tech. Maybe I not am- as crazy high intensity, but these similar type rivalry games. I almost wouldn't mind going forward starting a guy who looks the best during practice and then have him on a short leash during the games. You know, like start Sims and tell him, hey, if you're rolling, you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to be doing, you're going to stay out there. But, you know, if if it looks bad, if you have the ugly turnovers like the fumbles against Colorado, we're going to get Heinrich back out there. So I know that would mess with his confidence a little bit, knowing he's on a shorter leash probably, but that's where we're at. I mean, major Division One football, there's consequences for not doing your job, I would say, especially after Harburg has proven he can move the ball and not turn it over. And I love seeing him run. He runs the ball all the way up here. He's like, oh, nobody's touching this ball. I'm <laughs> running with it all the way up here. Uh, which is fun to watch. Um, but as I keep saying, like those turnovers that Jeff Sims made, uh, they're fixable. I think he's going to to get it right. Um, he just has to slow down a little bit and process maybe a little bit more or faster. I'm not sure, but they're definitely fixable. It's not He's not overthrowing or inaccurate or anything like that. It's just silly dis- decisions. Sometimes. I just don't like still thinking about the first two games. I don't understand why other than the the trick play that we scored on why we don't let Sims throw the ball down the field. Yeet that ball down there. I mean, my goodness. We're we're letting Harburg do it, but we won't let the guy who we brought in from a different school who we thought was going to be the guy do it. I don't know. I mean, if he can't make a pass at the goal line without throwing it to the wrong team, I I can see some (laughs) – some hesitation to let him air it out. I mean, yeah. I, that, yeah, my takeaway is the opposite. I, I don't know why he hasn't run the ball more. You know, that, and that too, it's, it's, that, it's a, it's yeah, a that does open game, up yeah. the, the, the pass game as, as well, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you get him involved in the run game more, then it opens up, you know, a little, they can't stack the box against us like they probably will going forward. And then, you know, everybody takes a step back and then that's when he can dice them up. Um, and they kind of hinted at this a couple weeks ago. Like, I wouldn't be mad about seeing two quarterbacks back there. Let's see what happens. I don't know. I mean, absolutely, it normally doesn't work, but you, you might as well try. I mean, if if we're getting blown, if we're having a tough game against Minnesota or Michigan, then you might as well just start trying some crazy yeah. shit because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I just hate um, what the coaching staff's doing with this. It's pick a guy. I mean, I at this point, I don't care who it is, but pick a guy and stick with him is my whole thing because now you have these old fogies. Oh, I want Harburg in there. He doesn't turn the ball over. And they're going to send – if they send Sims out there against Michigan, he's absolutely going to get booed. Like me and Tyler saw it firsthand against L.A. Tech when he went out there for one play. It's – I mean, rules doing no favors, you know, playing this wishy-washy game in my mind. 
Yeah, I think, and it's different with, with Michigan because when you look at the schedule, Michigan's the you know the outlier here as far as you know the talent that we'll see. But I think that this is the, the game where, where you really kind of go out and see because you do want that high risk, high reward if you're going to have any chance of, of keeping it competitive with, with Michigan. So that would air you towards Jeff Sims. But then you, you look down the schedule, Maryland, Iowa, you know, these teams where it's going to be a slugfest and it's going to be a, a grinded out game. You kind of look and, and you probably value the guy who's less capable of turning the ball over. But I, I think this is a great opportunity to send Jeff out there, see if you know, maybe two weeks just watching film, watching the, the the speed of the game kind of from the from a different vantage point. Then you hope that experience kicks in. You know, this is a big game. You know, it's it's a tough environment when you're ninety five thousand of your own fans are booing you. But, you know, how do you handle that? How do you adjust? How do you compete with that? So I, I think this is this is the opportunity where you the last bit where you can kind of be wishy-washy and this will tell you i think everything we need to know about jeff sims going forward and if we do need to make that you know a, a more permanent change going to, to heisman Harburg. yeah and I, I understand what you're saying brandon and uh you know the, the no turnovers give us our best chance to win but that really only works if our defense continues to play the, the way that they've been playing against these other teams and this is going to be the first time we actually see if this defense is really that good. So if if they get, you know, hit in the mouth against Michigan, then not turning the ball over isn't going to matter because we're going to lose right. anyways. Right. My whole thing is I sitting here thinking about it. I almost hope they start Harburg Saturday against Michigan just because, you know, they threw Sims out there and everybody was is so quick to jump on him. I guarantee you if we start Harburg, he's going to have – for sure one, but in my mind, probably two or three turnovers with the way he throws the ball and the way our offensive line is not able to protect like against a really good power five team. So I feel like the the hype around Harburg is going to quickly dwindle if we start him Saturday. And I, think, I think Harburg can throw the ball. He's just late a lot is what I've noticed. Yeah, and if he's late against Northern Illinois and and uh, and Lot then, Tech, then Michigan's going to Michigan's going to be the team that that capitalizes on those plays. Yeah, and yeah, I I would hate if that were were the case. I, I absolutely see where you're coming from if you're in the the Jeff Sims propaganda tour. But I I'm think not, it's so it's much. It's not easier. even that I'm super high on Sims. It's just I think it's more so we don't have a great quarterback, but people want to make themselves believe Harburg is the guy to get us wins when. It's honestly, it's probably a combination of both of them here and there. Um, I don't know. I just hate that people are so high on Harburg. Like he's yes. leaps and bounds better than Sims. Or I'm like, Sims hasn't yeah. played, didn't play well in the first two games, but I don't know that Harburg is that much better than him. After no. seeing that person. Yeah. And I think that's why you definitely go with the more talented quarterback in Jeff Sims. Cause I think it's easier to send Jeff out there. And then if he struggles in the way that we saw against Minnesota and Colorado, where he doesn't look comfortable, he's not keeping up with, with, with the defense, then you can kind of fall back to Harburg and know that you're not going to get the, 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 the high, high end results, but maybe, you know, a little bit more, more comfortable. It looks like, you know, I think that's the easier move than sending Harburg out there than watching him struggle and then kind of have to backtrack back to, to Jeff Sims. I think I'm more just frustrated at our QB situation where we don't have an answer. We don't have someone in my mind in that room that we can turn to, to win a big game or be step up and be the guy. It's, mm -hmm. 
And the way the coaching staff is handling this is really just pissing me off. Yeah, um, but on a brighter note, Brandon and I, uh, Brandon, Brooke and I did get to see Adrian Martinez. Oh, man, how cool was that? It was yeah, sick. Uh, I was just, we were probably like 10 feet away from him, and I was just like, oh, my God, I love you, under my yeah. breath. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see him suit back up for rule. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, Jesus. Gosh, I would just love to have like a that sign that they have in You Belong With Me music video, which I miss you. Yeah. Come home. Yeah, I was kind of bummed. It. I know that they were uh, putting Taylor in the Hall of Fame and stuff. Um, I was bummed that there wasn't like a halftime ceremony for it. Um, but, you know, all those guys are out there. I, we saw Kenny Bell a couple times, um, Taylor out there on the field. So that was cool. So before this, what was the last Husker games that, that you guys went to? Oh, man. I don't um, think I went to one last year. It's probably two years ago. I think – I think it was three or four years ago for me. I took Sophia to her first game, but it was so damn cold. I don't even remember who was who was against. You know what mine um, I think was was the not the route for game day, but that maybe it was last year the the twenty six to seventeen where it was close. Was that last year, Ohio State? Uh, no, we got. Bombed on by Ohio State last year, didn't we? I don't think we played Ohio State last year. I know we Two played Michigan, and they yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. But I think yeah. the last time we played Ohio State, though, we got bopped. So it might have been three years ago. What was that? Yeah, I think it was the the year. What was the best three and nine team ever? Was that 21? 2019, I think, or maybe it was no, no, no twenty one. Yeah. yeah 21. Okay, so it was the Ohio State game that year. It was the last one I went to. That would have been a fun one to go to. All your I hopes hate. are up, and well, it was just so we played everyone so close, and the hype was yeah. there, and and just heartbreak. The same thing. Yeah, um, but on the other that side just... of the ball, um, you know, Luke being hurt kind of uh, makes me worried. I don't know how severe that injury is or not, um, but not having both of those outstanding linebackers that we have out there um, makes me a little nervous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm granted I haven't been very impressed with Michigan's offense at all this year, but I've also I don't think that they've gotten out of second year so far, so it, it's real tough to say. But man, yeah, that would be a huge loss. You know what I was just thinking about just now? Remember when McCaffrey was here and Martinez was struggling, and everybody was like, "Start McCaffrey." Yeah, and yeah. now he is a I wide receiver really. at a Conference USA school. This yeah. is almost what that feels like to me this year. I don't know why. I just get similar vibes, but I could see that. I can yeah. see that. Well, I well, I would argue that in that instance, you could probably look at Luke and if you're in that camp, I was never in that camp. A Adrian Martinez, you know, has a lifetime yeah. pass for me. But I if you're in that camp, I think you could point to well, I think he's more talented than Adrian. Where I think here it's it's hard. I mean, are there people who really think that Harburg's more talented than Jeff Sims? I think so, and that's what's frustrating to me. After, yeah. Like, they people see Harburg breaking off these long runs, and they're like, "Wow, so yeah, much talent!" Yeah, he absolutely could, but <laughs> and that's what's frustrating to me. So, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Brandon. But yeah, I I always like to keep track of 
folks who transfer out of Nebraska and see how they turn out. And now that he's a conference USA wide receiver is, you know, I'll put that up in the wind column. Yeah. yeah uh, not as big of a disaster as the Calabrasca folks who, who left Nebraska. Well, but nonetheless, we Anthony, gotta, sorry. Oh, go one, one other thing. Anthony Grant looked great. I'm, I'm really happy yeah. to, to see him great. play as well as he did. He, yeah. If that touchdown doesn't get called back, he probably has 200 yards himself. Yeah. He looked really good. And you know, he's not, you know, knock on wood, didn't get injured, which I think is the big part out of this whole. Well, he did for a second, but he was all right and came back. Uh, yeah, that, he was, everybody that was made sick. everybody so nervous. Towards like, the end oh, of the first half, and I was oh, like, oh. I must miss that. Because Emmett Johnson, like, he did all right for being a true freshman. Right? And he is but he, small. Yeah, you don't want him to be the guy. <laughs> he is he a little is small. When he's standing out there next to Harburg, I'm like, there's it's no crazy this guys in college <laughs> what if you do send out the the two quarterbacks out there in the shotgun and just run the read option with the two of them that would be crazy <laughs> i mean Jay, imagine I'm, a world <laughs> imagine a world in which anthony grant gets hurt and you have to send harburg out there as a running back <laughs> i mean i i feel like that would be a, a fun one that would be hand off and it's like well it's still a starting quarterback who has the ball? That would be that'd be really tough to prepare for to prepare for because yeah. you hand it off to Harburg and he can still throw it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. like a run pass option, except it goes another step forward. That would be crazy. You know, I, I'm all in for that. Granted, you know, I, I would much rather it just be like a, a good quarterback and a good running back back there. But if we got to go two running two quarterbacks as a running back, it is what it is. Whatever it takes to get us to six wins. Yeah. <sighs> Which again, we're still we're on the path there. We the it's wide open for us. I'll tell you what, I, the teams that we play next, you know, over the next couple of weeks. I've definitely seen what I wanted to see these last couple of weeks to feel good about getting the six wins. Obviously, you're not going to play Louisiana Tech every week, but talk about a meltdown by Minnesota, blowing a 21 point lead to Northwestern. I also yeah. good for Northwestern because they've been dealt a shit hand and. That's a crazy win. Yeah. Big win I, for him. Yeah. Huge. I mean, I, I, we texted. I turned the game off. It was a 21 point game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We saw, because we were at Tyler's house after we got back from Lincoln, and it was like fourth and one, and Minnesota broke off like a 40 yard touchdown run. And I didn't pay attention to it. And I woke up the next day and I sent you the highlight of them winning in overtime. I was like, what happened there? How did, <laughs> yeah. how did no one hear about this? I think there was even a, a, a an article written about the game, or whoever wrote the article didn't finish watching the game because he wrote that Northwestern <laughs> lost. Yeah, nobody <laughs> paid attention. That's, that's it's crazy because because usually in comebacks, it's like the more talented team doing the coming back, not mm-hmm. Northwestern. So that was crazy. I I mean, huge huge win for the Big Ten West standings as far as. Yes. You know, Minnesota having the head-to-head over us. If they drop a dumb one to to Northwestern, we're, we're back. And the more and more time that goes by, I feel like we're going to look back to that Minnesota game and go, damn, if we would have found a way to win that one, we would be in just a way better position. Because imagine, we win that game, we're sitting here 3-1, and one, we would be feeling great. Sky's the limit. in the conference, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. That one, that one still hurts, but it also feels like an eternity ago. So that I'll chalk that up as a win. 
Yeah. Onward. Onward. But lots of good stuff going on here. Uh, first thing I want, want to talk about before we get into the rankings, Brooke, let me ask you this. Is Clemson a top 25 team? I believe by the end of the year they will be. Right now, just Duke was a good team. Florida State, like, really, I, I mean, as big as I am on Florida State, it felt like Clemson did all they could to lose that game, missing that 29-yard field goal with a minute left. They had Penn, or Florida State on the ropes, and they just couldn't finish it off. But And then, obviously, the fumble return for six was a huge momentum play for Florida State. But I think Dabo will have them ranked by the end of the year. Yeah, I and that Clemson game drove me crazy because they their kicker – they just pulled off a of Wall Street last week. He was in New York this time last week, getting ready to start a, a financial job up there. Then Dabo calls them up. And then that whole last drive in regulation, they're playing for the field goal. All they're trying to do is eat clock so they can kick a field goal, which is fine if you have like Justin Tucker or even a competent kicker. Uh, but with you know a newbie who hasn't even put on pads until that day to, to put that kind of a game on him, it's crazy to me that – you're not going into that drive thinking we have to score a touchdown. Yeah. Even if, you know, we give Florida state the ball with time left, we can't rely on a field goal here. I think you're right there. I would, I would have done everything in my power to not have to rely on the, the field goal at the end of the game there. But at the same time, if you felt confident enough to start him in a power five game, like, I feel you have to be able to make a 29 yard field goal. So I agree, but it, yeah. And it's just, yeah, the, it's, it's a tough spot. He should make it, but like you said, he shouldn't have been in that situation. Yeah. And, and I get that. Like, and, and he made a, uh, I think even a longer field goal earlier in the game. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like you feel horrible if he has to go out there, but it's just crazy to me that that was clearly the game plan there. Like, let's just eat up all the clock that we can. And then, you know, hopefully this guy makes it. Because, I mean, their defense had been playing well late. And even that last drive when Florida State had the ball, they stopped him on fourth down. Almost seemed like they had another opportunity to go down there. But overall, but that was my my, my big question as far as rankings go. Because, like, like you guys have known, I have had Florida State my my number one team the last couple of weeks. But now now it's two games in a row where they lose to – or Nate, they don't lose. They barely beat uh, unranked teams. And so that's kind of where – where I'll start here with these rankings once I pull them up here. Brooke hasn't changed. Uh, still Florida State number one for him. Tyler hasn't changed. Florida State not to be seen. Well, dude, I also, mean, it's tough because if they just win any of those two games convincingly, I think they break into my top ten. But sure. unfortunately, <laughs> Florida State's just kind of dropping the ball the last couple of weeks. I mean – it's really showing here the last two or three weeks, especially that Tyler doesn't know ball, but <laughs> I mean, it's criminal after this week, they're going to go undefeated. If I'll go as far as to say, if Florida state wins the national championship, Tyler might have to block my number. I will be in his ear <laughs> about that. So bad. That, that is the, the one thing that I agree. I, there's no one on their schedule that, and until maybe the ACC championship game and then the playoff, but regular season, there's unless they really drop the ball, which I can't imagine that they'll drop the ball that bad because they don't even. I mean, I, I guess Miami is looking pretty okay, yeah. but 
other than that, they did it. They they won all the hard games well, that they needed to. Yeah, Miami, North Carolina, and now Louisville's four and zero. Yeah. I don't know. That's going to be a dog fight to see who gets in there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, Duke's still still a good team as well. Oh so yeah, shoot, I forgot about them too. Jeez. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Florida State's a double digit favorite against any of those teams. Another big riser in our rankings this uh, this week: uh, Washington State, big win over um, uh, over Oregon State, who I know Tyler was very high on going into the last couple of weeks. But man, I mean, all the way up to to eight—that seems a bit a bit steep. I am absolutely shocked that a team Tyler was high on lost. Absolutely dumbfounded. <laughs> dumbfounded. Listen, <laughs> they ran into a buzzsaw in Washington State. Washington State looks yeah. like an incredible team. Uh, Brooke and I are both on that train here, um, but. No BS. I really considered putting Florida State in there because I do think that they are a good team. Um, but, but I was looking at Utah and what they've been able to accomplish over the first four weeks without their starting quarterback. Crazy. Um, I just think that they've looked a lot better over the first four weeks um, than Florida State has. I mean, obviously, you give them that that week one win over LSU, which does look like a, a pretty good team, turns out. Um I don't know. Just I, I like to give uh, the smaller schools a little bit of a chance here in the top ten. Brooke, let me ask you this: If you knew that Washington State was going to be on Tyler's top ten, would you have put them in yours? Yeah, just because I'm a big fan of their quarterback Cam Ward. Obviously, I don't know. We kind of turned the game off, so I wasn't really in tune with what happened and how that game got so close there at the end. But they were they were up. 14, 21 points there halfway through the third. And I don't know. I wouldn't say DJ played bad. It just it took him too long to get going, and it was just too little too late for him. But that offense is really explosive. That might – it might be up there with USC, the way they can put points on the board in a hurry. Yeah, and it just looks like they're just – it doesn't feel like, you know, the Mike Leach Washington State teams who were just airing it out and kind of hoping on those big plays, but they just seem, it just seems like everything's like a well oiled machine there. And and that's yeah. what, what I noticed while watching the Wisconsin game, too, is like, th- this doesn't look like a lot like a team that's just going to come up and, and bite you in the ankle. It looks like the team that can go toe to toe with anybody in that conference and look like that, they, you know, they're play, playing the same sport, which, you know, you even saw Colorado who, wildly talented team yeah they, they, they can't stay on the same field with with everybody no and it was we knew it was coming with Colorado it was just a matter of time and especially with Travis Hunter being out it was it was nice to see them eat a little bit of humble pie there and get Brock back down to earth is there a better bigger hater in college football than Dan Lanning right now I mean, he first team All American hater for me, and I love it. I love the comments before the game, and <laughs> and then I, it felt like it was a bit of a classy move for him to not take shots after they absolutely want right. them. But you know, if you if like Dion says, you if you can walk the walk, then go ahead and talk the talk, and that's what Dan Landing did. He called a shot. No kidding. 
they're playing for clicks. We're playing for wins. I mean, that line goes hard to sell. That's crazy. I would have been juiced up if I was yeah. in that locker room. And and you can tell that they were. I mean, that whole game was just the, the whole time. And that's, you know, there's levels to it. You can be a good team. You can be talented. But when you meet a team that's genuinely wanting to compete for a national championship, it's it's a different sport. And Bo Nix has kind of been flying under the radar. Can he finally get over the hump and win the big one? Looks great. Right now, yeah. It looks great. But one last one last thing I wanted to get to before we wrap up this episode here. So we're officially a, a third of the way through the season. And so I kind of just wanted to to go through and and look where, where our predictions are as far as where we're at. And not none of us in, in great shape. You know, Tyler and I had had Nebraska four and zero at this point. Brooke predicted the Minnesota loss. The only one to do that, and then even honest Abe couldn't get the the Northern Illinois or the. He, he's wow. What was that one for four? So he's not doing great right now. Um, but if I were to, you know, go back in time and talk you guys through how the first four games would go out, would you? How would you be feeling? Would, would you be okay with the two and two record with, with how things have played out? I'm not thrilled about it, but it's not worst case scenario. I would say. Yeah, I mean, going into it, everybody thought Colorado was going to be bad. Turns out they're not. Um, so if you went into the season and they were this team last year, then you're okay. Well, you're ne- you're never going to be okay as a Nebraska fan losing to Colorado, but you can swallow that one a little bit easier. Um, but the one against Minnesota, that's one that you you could have won, you should have won. Um, and then, as I pointed out at the start of the season, like those the Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech games, those are ones you have to win. And uh, thankfully, we were able to accomplish that. Um, so yeah, we're in a we're in a good spot right now. Yeah, I think if you had just told me the destination, I'd be okay. But seeing how we've gotten here has been disappointing, and just seeing how how poorly Jeff Sims has played. You know, you, you kind of hope that if, you know, we lose to Minnesota and we lose to Colorado, it's because they are just a, a, a better, more developed team at this point where it kind of felt like those two games where we, we, we gave it away and they just took advantage of that, where we, we, we've seen plenty of that with, with the previous regime. So, but overall, I think, you know, everything that we realistically wanted to accomplish is, is still on the table here. I will say, at like... Knowing what we know now, the four-game stretch of Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, and Michigan State, I feel so much better about those are games in my mind we should win and we absolutely could win. I'm still up in the air about Illinois because I feel like they are still a good team. They're just not playing well right now. So I think by the time we get to Illinois, um, they might look a little better. Uh, in two weeks, but uh, I agree with what Brooks said. Everything else on the schedule does look um, a lot more winnable. You know, even Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, they they look like they're starting to kind of turn the corner into to being the team that everybody thought they were going to be. But I still think, as of right now, that is a winnable game. If we were to play them, you know, this week, I think we would be able to put up a fight. Um, Maryland, I might switch on that just because they do look a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Um, but, but at like some I keep point, saying with Illinois, like 
they almost got beat by Toledo. They almost got beat by FAU. At some point, you are what you are. Yeah. Like, obviously, Wisconsin's rounding into form. But will Illinois ever round into form this year is is the big question. If they do, uh, just based on historic trends, I would imagine that it would be Nebraska where they turn into a juggernaut. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they find their stride against us. Absolutely. But, yeah, you're. I mean, the Illinois game is, is a big one for me, just it, mostly because it's a Friday night primetime game. The whole country is going to be watching us again, just like they were for the Minnesota game, just like they were for Northwestern last year. This is such a, a prime opportunity for Matt Rule to kind of turn a corner that the previous regime never did as far as, you know, being the the being on the big stage of, of college football and not being an embarrassment. It was embarrassing when we lost to Minnesota. It was embarrassing when we lost to Northwestern. Every big noon college game day kickoff game that we've had the last two years has been embarrassing. This feels like a great opportunity to go into someone else's house, pick up a win, look good while doing it, and then kind of get rid of this this icky narrative that, that Nebraska football has had over the last seven years or so. Absolutely. And the other thing about that Illinois game is – just to play devil's advocate, say we lose to Michigan, being three and three after the Illinois game would feel miles better than being two and four. Yeah, so that's right. To just for the fact of trying to get to six wins, it feels like a big game because it almost feels like stealing if we win that one. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. I think that's a good place to be. So one final thing that, that, that I wanted to do is I'll open up the, the, the board here. So if there are any changes that you'd like to make, this is the time to do it. Uh, italicize it to make it known that this was a after the season started change. So you don't get full credit for it uh, like you did if you're going to stick with the preseason predictions. But are there any games that you'd like to flip on? The only one would be Illinois to me because I think we still do lose to Maryland and Wisconsin. Yeah, I think that right now that's the only one I would. Tyler, any, anything that you like to flip-flop from? Yeah, I still don't feel – like I think we, we will beat Illinois, but I still don't feel great about it. Um, so the one that I would change is the Michigan State game. I think we – will win that game as uh you know obviously events have unfolded for them this season yeah i i definitely like to, to flip that game as well um and they and, and i don't know this november 4th is a long time away so maybe they, they get their footing between now and then but it really does feel like they they don't have their, their feet underneath them um and rightly so. I, I mean, what, what they've had to kind of overcome over the last couple of weeks is is very fair. Um, and I'll also change the the, the Wisconsin game. I that I it felt very ambitious at the time picking Nebraska to pick up the win over over Wisconsin. But even though Wisconsin struggled as of late, I think that's a tough game to go into to Camp Randall and win. Mm-hmm.
We'll adjust that later. Well, perfect. I think that's that'll wrap it up for us here today. Anything else that you guys would like to add before we wrap up? Go Big Red. Go Big Red. I love you guys.